Welcome to Rapid Roundup, a series where we take several games throughout the week, do many critiques on them, and let you know what we think. Throughout all of this, my name is Moriarty. And this is Brax. And this week, we'll be taking a look at This Grand Life. Titanic VR. Debris. Desert Bus VR. Later on in the week, on Wednesday, we'll be taking a look at Mars Rising, a tower defense game that introduces the new concept of controlling characters on the map and using them to defend your base. And then on Friday, we'll be taking a look at Gran Turismo Sport VR. Brax is one of the biggest GT fans that have ever lived, and he's got some things to say about this new iteration of the Gran Turismo franchise. But for now, let's round them up. Desert Bus VR is the Penn & Teller game from 1995 that's been ported into VR. It is Desert Bus. If you haven't heard of Desert Bus, this is a game that was designed because Janet Reno said that games should teach people how to do real-life jobs. So Penn & Teller, that's the magicians from Las Vegas, and also the creators of a show that I can't say on YouTube because I'll get demonetized immediately, decided to create an experience of being a bus driver driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas along Highway 10 or 15, Highway 15. It is an eight-hour trip. It's eight hours there and eight hours back. It's a completely straight road and your bus slightly turns to the right. The entire time? The entire time. You have to drive for eight hours. There's nobody there. You can open the door if you want to. You can close the door. Nobody gets onto the bus. Do the tires need balancing? Do they need rotating? Is it, I mean, Nothing happens. Is something up with the chassis here? Do we need repairs on this bus? You do nothing. You drive straight for eight hours. Then, when you get there, you get one point. You then turn around and drive eight hours back to Los Angeles. We're talking real time, eight hours. Real time, nobody gets onto the bus. However, in VR, people can magically appear in the bus, but they can't interact with you in any way. My first impression of that is, this is stupid, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and the idea that she had was, let's create games that are, you know, valuable because they teach real-life experiences. How many people in America are bus drivers? I'm assuming it has to be a very small percentage of the population. It's not like she picked a popular job, you know? Like, how often do you need to know how to drive a bus? Right, but keep in mind this comes from Penn & Teller. Yeah, that's true. Comedians and magicians, and they're some of the most brilliant people out there. I mean, their shows are great, fool us, I love it. And this became the worst game of all time. It was never released, it was done by a company that eventually went insolvent. This VR version of it, well, it's kind of neat that it exists. Yeah, it's like a running gag, right? It's for people that know the history of the game. Just, it's funny, you know. Pretty much, it's free, so there's that. But the reason that this game is back into everybody's consciousness is the fact that there is a charity called Desert Bus for Hope that plays Desert Bus every year, and they play it for 50, 60, 70 hours straight, and they do it for charity. So... They released a VR version for them, and you can go try it out. It's as horrible as you imagine. I mean, if you go off the road, your truck immediately overheats, and then you are towed back in real time to the beginning. Oh, Jesus. They're trolling. This is the ultimate troll, because again, Janet Reno said games should teach people how to do things, and you know what? Jobs are monotonous. So here you go. If you'd like to try it out, once again, it's completely free. I think it's 
funny. The best part of this game is that you can sit there and you can listen to an actual interview with Penn Gillette talking about the game. I think it's about 20 minutes long, so play the game for 20 minutes, listen to Penn talk, and then uninstall it and never play it again. This game is a meme. Titanic VR is a exploration game about exploring the Titanic at the bottom of the sea. You have a submarine, you have a little rover, and you have a couple of different objectives, whether it be to recover a lost artifact or deliver a plaque from one of the families of the people who survived, or even just taking a tour throughout the entire thing and just learning about the crash and about what happened during the crash. That's pretty neat. You know that I'm a bit of a history buff, so the idea of going and exploring the Titanic after all of these years, it's been, what, over a century now? I think it's a really neat concept, and I am glad to hear that there are objectives, because I was I feared before I actually saw this that it was just going to be one of those games where you walk around and look at stuff, and, oh, it's cool because it's in VR, but there really isn't much to do. So... I mean, is there a lot of stuff to do? Is it rewarding in that way? Or is it more about just the experience of feeling really cool to be looking at the Titanic? It's a little bit of both. It's definitely a experience type thing, first and foremost. But it is from a company that is developing these titles as education tools for schools. This isn't really a game. There is gameplay in it to immerse you and keep you interested. Here's the thing about this game. There was a moment, and it wasn't a long moment, but there was a moment where I forgot that I had a VR headset on. Really? It was that in-depth and it looked that pretty that you just absolutely forgot that you were in the headset? That, that says a lot for the aesthetics of the game, I would think. It wasn't a long moment. It lasted for maybe two or three seconds, but there was a moment where I was playing and I was guiding my ship along the side and I was getting into location so that I could try to find this briefcase and for just the briefest moment completely forgot that I wasn't actually in a submarine at the bottom of the sea. That's what it's all about. That's what virtual reality should be. That's the reality part. So I, I'm glad that you say that. And I'm also really intrigued by the other part of this where you said that they are using this as an educational tool. That's another thing that's part of the future I think as well. And that is kind of the vibe I got from it. Not going to lie that it really wasn't quite a game but you know had some game elements to it but either way it looks like it would be really awesome to wander around and, and look at all of this stuff so a really cool vr experience even if it isn't all about the gameplay it is both vr and non-vr it's got a lot of stuff that they're bringing out in the future including actually witnessing the sinking of the titanic through the eyes of a survivor it's $25, which is a little bit pricey, but considering what it is, I think that if you want to go in there and experience going through stuff with a rover and a submarine and really in-depth into the Titanic sinking, this is a perfect example. This is a perfect game experience for that. I don't think it's going to appeal to most players simply because, again, it is quite expensive and it is uh, quite a niche experience. I'll say this, I would never play this, the non-VR version, but I am interested in the VR version for sure. Debris is a game in which you swim around and listen to people have conversations. That is the most accurate explanation of this game I've ever heard. And the bad part is, one character in particular, Sonia, or Sonia, however you like to pronounce it, 
She's just not a good actor. No offense against the voice actor that does it, but it's just poorly acted. And considering that the acting is the only thing you do in this game, other than swim around and shoot flares at stuff and try to shoot fish, it's just, it's it's not there. It's It wasn't there for me. I did not enjoy the story. The gameplay was slow. You follow around this thing called a squid, even though it's actually like a piece of robotic technology or something. And every once in a while, you'll have to equalize yourself and the squid to make sure that neither one of you run out of power or you'll die. So that's it. You follow this thing around, shoot three fish, equalize with it. Follow it around some more, shoot three more fish, equalize with it, and rinse and repeat over and over, and listen to these two people talk to each other via radio. I have so many problems with this game. The aiming is bad. The gunplay is not fun. Oh my god, it's awful, dude. Oh, it's bad. It really is. The story is boring. The gameplay is too slow. The characters are dull. This game was sold to me as subnautica-like. But it is not. There is no horror aspect. They attempt to jump-scare you occasionally, but it doesn't really happen. The gameplay is just, it's not a fun game. Eventually, you end up finding these giant fish things, and uh, it, it's nonsensical. It's not fun. And man, the gunplay, which is a major portion of the gameplay, is just not good. It, it's not good at all and the fish it's like the hitboxes don't work or something because sometimes if you get the shot close to a fish it kills it and other times you have to be dead spot on or it won't kill it on top of that like you said the motion and the reticle feel so bad it, it's not smooth at all I don't I don't understand it, it's just I, I don't know what to say I don't want to rip it and that's all I really can do so yeah this game I streamed it for about an hour and a half maybe two hours before the audience was begging me to stop streaming it and play literally anything else. It is a $20 title, and I do not recommend it whatsoever. It is just incredibly boring. It's really overpriced, and it's the equivalent of a $1 sci-fi book you would find in the bargain bin at your local grocery store. This Grand Life is an actual real-life simulator if I've ever played one. You told me I would nerd out on this game if I ever played it, and boy were you right. I absolutely enjoy it. I will say one thing, when you first start playing this game, take a few minutes out of your day to do the tutorials. They're going to help a lot, and that only takes about 20 minutes. As soon as I got the basics of this game down, I absolutely loved it. You First of all, you need to get a job. You also need to figure out somewhere to live. You don't want to be homeless, and this is all about keeping your character balance. He has to be happy, well-fed, he has to take showers, he has to work out sometimes or his health will diminish. And what I like about it is that every single day there's enough things to do that you can keep it from feeling repetitive. There are like 15 or 20 different locations on the map and there's lots of stuff to do. It's not doing the same thing every day and I thought it would be for a while. I just like business simulators. I like the idea of making my own money and I like the idea of having a character that I feel like is mine. This game gives me all of that. It gives you so much more than that. Did you manage to get into the real estate rental side of things? Did you get into investments? 
did you handle the stock market and, and get into making your own businesses? I'm not that rich yet. All I'm trying to do right now is draw interest on my own money from the bank so, I th so that I can do stuff like that. And I'll admit, kind of like in real life, I wasted a lot of money trying to educate myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of in debt to the local college or the tech school first because you get a diploma before you can actually go to get a four-year degree. So I'm too far in debt to even invest yet. Perhaps I'm just a bad money manager. This is one of the most detailed economic simulators that I've ever played. It's all about playing a real person, and that's what I think is interesting. You actually do have to, you start out like as a high school kid, and you have to go to college, and you have to just go to university, or you have to start at a McDonald's and work your way up from there. You gain experience by actually, you know, gaining experience in different jobs, and you need experience for some things, and other things you don't. You need education for. It's really, really in-depth. And I wasn't kidding when I said that you can go through and do a real estate auction and buy stuff and sell properties, rent properties. There's a, a fully fleshed out stock market, though it's not tens of thousands of things. It's more like 20 things. And there's businesses where you hire employees and handle advertising, completing jobs. And you can have multiple businesses and create yourself a, a real empire here. This is incredible. Incredibly detailed. It's fantastic. There's even inflation. I mean, just how awesome. It's very awesome. And even at the beginning when you create your character, it's up to you. You get a few points to assign and they really make you check your privilege <laughs> because you get privilege points. And say if you make your character a smoker or an alcoholic or something, that's a vice that will make your character have to keep up with that his entire life throughout the game. But you also get more points at the beginning to spend on something like, oh, I already have a, a bartending license or a degree in plumbing or various things of that nature. And the amount of customization of the character gives it a unique experience as well. And the economic side of things is really fleshed out. It's just amazing. Like, there's so much detail in this game, and every little thing works, and it works really, really well. The game is $10. If you're into this type of thing, which I am, and I know Brax is, I recommend it. Absolutely, I totally recommend it for that price. Great game, and I enjoyed it a great deal. So, Brax. Yes? Tomorrow, PUBG comes out on Xbox. Oh, oh, I can't wait. They're not doing cross-platform, are they? Please tell me they're not. They're not doing cross-platform because it sure sounds like PUBG on Xbox is getting a much better experience. They get to use the Microsoft Azure servers. Oh, really? Which means that they're going to have way more steady servers than any PC gamers ever played on. Additionally, they're promising that it will never drop below 30 frames per second. Aren't they also promising that it's not going to be anywhere near 60? I think that's probably fair that we're not going to see 60 frames per second on an Xbox, but, I mean, maybe on the Xbox One X. Uh, when, when they say that, though, Brendan Green admitted that, they, that, yeah, it won't drop below 30, but you're going to get somewhere around 30. So it's not that great. 30 is still better than the 2 that some people get because, for whatever reason, PUBG is the least optimized game that's ever come out of unreal engine before i mean you see fortnite and while it's not as gritty as PUBG, it is arguably way better optimized when i play fortnite and i don't really enjoy the game that much but when i do play it because somebody asks me to or whatever i get in there and i'm always kind of shocked at how fluid everything feels and it is the exact same engine that PUBG's running on 
Yeah, Fortnite is a smoother experience, and I'll admit that, that I have had a lot of problems with PUBG's optimization, and I've been playing it since the first month that came out. I think you have to. I want to say that with a caveat, because the game has improved a great deal in comparison to what it was in the first month that it came out. Like, when I started playing this game earlier this year, there were days where it would just be literally unplayable. That doesn't happen much anymore. And after I got on the test server a couple of weeks ago, that version of the game, the one that we are going to get at full release when they finally do release it on Xbox as well, is going to make the PC version run much more smoothly. And I think that that is a good sign. So you're excited about the servers for Xbox. I'm just as excited about the improvements and the updates that are coming to the PC version because they're finally going to do that and that was linked to the Xbox release the entire time. Yeah, but that's all because Microsoft stepped in and made them actually make it work for Xbox. So we're getting better PC version because of the Xbox version. And I'm very excited for this because I think it's really going to bring the Xbox up a bit. I don't have an Xbox, but I'd like to see some competition there between PS4 and Xbox. It's kind of fair. And right now, I mean, let's face it. The PlayStation has won the generation so far, but with the Xbox One X, I really think that Microsoft has a very strong chance, especially with PUBG, which is the second largest game in the world now, selling millions and millions and millions of copies. I mean, over Black Friday, it sold 5 million copies. On Black Friday, it sold 5 million copies. So it is by far one of the biggest games in the world, and if you bring that to Xbox and all of these people start playing it on Xbox... Man, PUBG is going to be a cultural phenomenon for for Xbox players. I totally agree. And Xbox is not lagging behind technologically. It's not like Sony has the upper hand in that department. What's holding Xbox back is a lack of exclusives. Many of your famous exclusive or your really popular exclusives right now are Sony exclusives. They're things that you can only get on the PS4. I mean, Xbox has stuff like Forza and, you know, other Xbox exclusive titles, but them getting PUBG is huge, absolutely huge, and it's going to allow them to compete a lot more with Sony in that exclusive game market. Absolutely, and tomorrow we also have Fallout 4 VR coming out, which I don't actually plan on picking up and reviewing. And why is that? Because it looks like, from what I can see, it's just Fallout 4 with a VR mode, and having played Doom VFR... I'm not really feeling Bethesda's VR right now. Yep, and I know you have similar feelings about Skyrim VR. And a lot of people have already said that Skyrim VR is its not all that great. Skyrim VR is only on PSVR right now, so I haven't been able to try it. I will probably see if I can't try out Fallout 4 VR, but... I just can't see myself spending the kind of money that they're looking for for Fallout 4 again. Fallout 4 is already my least favorite Fallout game, and you add in the fact that Doom VFR is just not what it should have been. And you watch these videos, the trailers of Fallout 4 VR, and my goodness, this just looks like it's Fallout 4 with a teleport, and that's the only difference. That doesn't seem exciting to me. That's not something that I'm excited for. And having played Doom VFR, I can already tell that what they're going to end up doing with the VAT system is going to be very similar to what they did with the time-freezing system of the teleport in Doom. 
I'm just not excited for this. And I haven't had anybody come up to me and say, oh my God, I really want you to review Fallout 4. So it's not on my schedule at this point for the rest of the year. I do not blame you a bit for that. If you feel that way and you have a reason to, to not be excited, especially with the very bad experience that you had with Doom VFR recently, couple that with the fact that this isn't a cheap game. They're going to want you to pay $60 for a game that you already own just to have it in VR. And I have seen the Skyrim VR stuff, and the only thing that does look cool, I mean, you can use the move controllers to do, you know, the spells and stuff. That looks neat. But if you look at it with Fallout 4, Fallout 4 is all about using guns. So what's that experience going to be like, you know? I think you're looking at Fallout 4 again, and I I just can't recommend myself to myself to do that. If you guys would like to see me do that, let me know. But keep in mind that it's probably just Fallout 4. I'm planning on saying, okay, we'll let it go, see what happens, and maybe in January we'll take a look at it once it hits its 50% off sale or something like that. It's just not something that's on the top of my my list at this moment. I can't say I blame you. I'm, I hate to keep making the comparison, but it is a Beth Desta comparison, and I feel the same way about Skyrim VR. It's just not something that I was overly excited about, so I can totally understand why you feel the same way about Fallout 4. I feel that way about quite a few of these AAA titles and for people that don't own a headset and I hate to say this like I'm just kind of pompous ass because I've only had one for like two or three weeks but everyone's always saying you'll see it in you know message boards comment sections etc oh I wish they would make so and so in VR I wish they would make this game in VR without actually understanding that that's not always a possibility you don't just go out and make a game in VR you know there's a lot more to it than that and once you actually have a headset and you've played a few games you realize why it's that way and why you can't just make random recommendations to make any game that you like to be a VR title that's pretty much how I feel let me know what you think down below are you a fan of the Skyrim Fallout 4 VR movement where they're taking these big open world games and just kind of porting them to VR? Or are you a fan of the made for VR experiences that are shorter and not as triple A? I'm probably a fan of the indie games myself at this point simply because I think they move faster and they tend to be higher quality and they're cheaper. I'm not spending $60 for them, I'm spending 6 I have to agree with you. I find the games that are built from the ground up to be a VR game are much more enjoyable than the ones that are just a game that they've added VR support for. That's just my opinion. Like M said, if you disagree with me, then leave it in the comments section below. If you like this video, please go ahead and give us a like. Don't forget that you can always share. We don't ask you to do that very often, but it would be great and helpful. That would uh, make me feel really warm and bubbly on the inside. I sure would love it. Thank you so much. You're my best friend. If you did like this, go ahead and watch another one up there in the corner. And as always, we'll see you guys on the next one.